Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 627, recorded live on Sunday, March 8th, 2020. And here are your hosts, the man who really hasn't had to deal with IPv6 before, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who found out he has an IPv6 gateway in his house now, Andy Lowe. Hi. And that's what was causing the issue. I, it's it's got to be what was causing the issue. It I literally had to log into my router, which is an LTE gateway from T-Mobile now, as we talked about in my previous thing there. Mm-hmm. And in the um, in the LTE settings, I changed my PDN type from IPv6 to IPv4. And, and all of a sudden? All of a sudden, it just started working again. Yep. So yeah, so internet via IPv6 has been had a connection fail, but I'm still connected via LTE 4G, but my internet V4 connection type is connected, and lo and behold, things are working again. Yay. So, I don't, I don't, I don't get why. I, dude, I got nothing. Some, <clears throat> something somewhere was giving me an authentic, uh, an access denied, a 403 error on our website. Are you wearing a bus shirt? Is it a bus? It is, yes. He has a blue shirt and blue socks and blue pants. But is there a school bus on your shirt? <laughs> yes, he, he has a long sleeve and a short sleeve shirt that have a school bus on it. And if he sees those shirts, he must wear those shirts. Oh, we, we don't have a choice. Most of the time, yeah. No, we'll see and we'll be like, yes, bus shirt must wear. Which yeah, is is good, <laughs> you know. If, it's if, just a bus. It's okay. Nothing is just a bus. <clears throat> well, it, it it's just literally like if you would put like a, a yellow school bus clip art on a shirt. <laughs> so what you what you should do is put a like a bus patch on everything. Um, no, because I feel like if everything's special, then nothing is. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I just got a picture of the school bus shirt and a very happy baby. Yep. Who's now watching a video of a monster dump truck. By that, I mean like, you know, those big dump trucks you see at like, you know, quarries. Yeah, the I, I am well acquainted with them. Um, Believe it or not. Yeah, he uh, it, it's falling down the stairs. Oh, uh, uh, OK. <laughs> what? Yeah. Have you ever heard of the game Beam? Was it Beam? Beam, uh, Beam NG Drive. Nope, I have not. Uh, it was released for Steam Early Access way back in 2015. Okay. It's a uh, think of it like the open. Um, think of it like a like a Grand Theft Auto type of open world sort of thing. But all it is is just cars. Okay, I'm I'm not following. Like. <laughs> It's 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 an open world vehicle simulation game. Yeah. That. Oh, okay. And he's are you're watching like a let's play with him? Like I don't know where this is going. It's it's literally yeah, it's just he likes watching the videos of people just trying different things in the game, which okay, normally Okay. So it's it's watching let's plays. That's all right. Yeah. That's fine. I just wasn't clear where that like how that was on the TV. 
Yeah, he's watching basically right now. It's a combine falling down a flight of stairs. Okay. <clears throat> God bless Let's Players. It's not even the Let's Players, though. There's there's no actual interaction most of the time of the host. It's just videos. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd still classify that as a Let's Play. So much so I'm sitting there looking at my computer going, oh, man, I wonder if I could get this to work. Not on my computer right now, but I feel like I would have to... Like, pro- probably. Uh, CryEngine 3 is what I would need to get running. Let's see if there's a... Andy. Yes. Focus. I'm just wondering at the system requirements of this. Okay. <laughs> I was uh, just, you know, maybe bring it back a little bit. Ryzen 7... 1,703 gigahertz, 16 gigabytes of RAM, AMD R9, GeForce GTX 970. So, yeah, no, my laptop will not be able to run that. <laughs> no. Nope. Womp womp. But that's okay. That's yes. what YouTube is for. Yep. So. Okay. <laughs> well, that came out of left field. That's that's what happens. Yep. Cool. What yes, else no. is new, Andy? Uh, so, I, yeah, I saw no. you built a satellite dish. <laughs> <laughs> a funny story about that. <laughs> so I, it finally gets delivered with the uh, shipping company not reading my instructions saying, first A, receiver needs to be notified before delivery, and B, delivery needs to be made on a truck with a lift gate so it can actually be, you know, put somewhere. Um, they showed up on Thursday at the, the transmitter site in a truck without a lift gate without calling me first. And they're like, Uh-oh. well, we can't deliver this. And I'm like, <laughs> well, no, duh. <laughs> you're like yep i called I up, told you that yeah i called up the customer support service of the shipping company and i'm like does it say in the notes that it needs a lift gate and she looks down and she's like yep it says in the notes that you need a lift gate and i'm like so you tried to deliver without a lift gate and she's like yep i'll have to talk to our operations people about that <laughs> and i'm like okay so you tried to deliver it on thursday i'm like is it going to be delivered tomorrow and she's most likely yeah we'll just give you a call first and so i'm just sitting around on friday waiting for a phone call phone call finally happens at like 11 something and the lady's like yeah can we deliver it on monday like sure we can deliver it on monday she's like okay uh delivery window sometime between eight and ten is that okay and i'm sitting there thinking like i i don't really want to be over in battle creek at eight o'clock in the morning but if i say no what's gonna happen <laughs> So I said, yes, sure, yes, deliver it at the, and the guy showed up there at 7.50. Luckily, I had somebody from the Battle Creek office out there waiting to receive it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, no, we finally get it out there. I break out everything. I look through the manual and it says, you know, three people required for installation. And I'm like, okay, I'll go and get four. Four of us then should be able to handle this if it says installation's required for three. So I get everything out. It's a solid... 12 foot dish for anybody if you're picturing the old satellite dishes this is one of them i get it all built together i get everything bolted down i get everybody to show up on friday at 11 and the four of us cannot lift this thing <laughs> oh no that we can lift, heavy we can lift it up on its edge but trying to get mm-hmm. all four of us to actually pick it up off the ground and move it the 70 feet to where the pole is oh no <laughs> nope <clears throat> did you did you get like a 
crane or a, a jack or something? Um, I stopped by um, an equipment rental place and they uh, did not have any sort of, you know, cherry picker or lift or backhoe or something for that available. So I'm like, all right, whatever. And I, I just Googled Battle Creek Excavation because I'm like, shoot, if I can just get, you know, an excavation company to literally come out, we could probably, you know, have the thing like hooked up and moved within, you know, 20, 30 minutes once they actually get the excavator off the uh, the truck. Right. Because it's literally just 70 feet. It's not far. It's a straight line. You literally drop it down. The rest of it we can, you know, deal with. Because we can lift it up on its edge. So, you know, the uh, the pole is less than six feet tall. So if I literally just get it right next to the pole and I get it lifted up, we can probably, you know, work it onto the pole itself and then be fine. Um the guy's like, oh, well, if you do this, that, the other thing. And I'm just like, oh, man, that seems very complicated. And he's like, well, I show him the picture of it. And he's like, I wonder if we can just get eight of our guys just to show up on their lunch break and help you move it. And I'm like, well, eight people <laughs> probably could. Eight, you know, big construction guys could probably move this thing. Yeah, not like four radio guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he was going to go swing by where I have the dish located on Friday night and take a look at it on his way home. And then, he, you know, probably figure out something next week to just literally have a bunch of construction guys show up and pick it up and move it. Because, you know, once they move it, it's not far to move it and put it in there. And then once I actually get it mounted on the pole, the rest of it's fine. So, yeah, but but, you build it on the ground in pieces. Yes, because, you know, it's a dish. So I want it built on a nice flat surface. Yeah, but but how do you then take that finished dish and mount it on the pole if you can't lift it? I'm not sure because it it did not say that in the instructions. It's in the instructions said, okay, you know, assemble on flat surface. Okay, move to pole location, and then it said three people to lift and put it on place. Which I get it. Yeah, three people could actually lift it up on edge, and that could get it on the pole. But <laughs> the so I guess the better question is, is that your responsibility? Ah, uh, to, to get it on the pole? Yeah. Technically at the moment, yes. Okay, you because might want to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> our technical staff right now in Michigan is me. So I, you know, I, I had to build it. I have to move it. I have to get it on the pole. I mean, the entire time as I'm building this thing is I'm literally climbing around a jungle gym as I'm building it, basically. It's in there in my head going, I work in IT. My job title <laughs> is network admin. What am I doing out Physical here? Physical labor is not part of this job description. Did they have the, like, you must be able to lift 50 pounds? No. <laughs> uh, what's, what's your budget for getting assistance to put this thing up? I'm not sure. I'm just, you know, I think it's just basically just get this thing up and running because we need it up and running. That's just, you know. Yep. <laughs> it's not a question of, you know, whatever. It's, you know, yes, we need this up and running. So it's basically get it done. So we'll see how it goes. Yep. <clears throat> so, yeah, no, that that's it's. <laughs> really sucks when you get everybody together you get everything set up and you just like literally five minutes of trying to lift it and we're all just like nope <laughs> sorry guys i just I'm, I'm following the instructions and in my head i'm just like you know going who are these three people <laughs> who are supposed to be able to lift this thing yes this should be liftable by three people what in what universe well congrats on getting as much of it done as you have yeah. And good luck this next week trying to figure out how to mount it. Yeah, because then we'll mount it and point it, and then the other bit <clears throat> is trying to figure out how to actually get the audio back to the studio. 
Because the studio is, you know, three miles away and in the middle of a uh, high-rise building. So I've got ideas. So that'll be... Okay. Then it, But at okay. that point, it's actually, you know, audio over IP. So yeah. then it's actually my area of expertise. <laughs> As opposed to manual physical labor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, I forgot where it is. I... I where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? Somebody sent me a um, a job posting actually from SpaceX. Based on your expertise? Yeah, they're looking for a uh, launch communications engineer. I mean, apply? It's down Would that in. Be in Florida? It's down in. No, down in Texas. In Texas. Yeah, I don't want to move to Texas. Why not? Hurricanes. Andy, you'd never have to shovel your driveway again. Hurricanes. That is a thing that happens. I suppose where in Texas? Oh, at the uh, job postings, Brownsville, Texas. Okay, where the hell is that? Brownsville, Texas. Uh, you know, just like right on the coast. Mm-hmm. Like literally on the coast. Yep. Oh my God, no, not on the coast. Well, it is on the coast, but also like that is the southernmost tip of Texas. Oh, so like on the border and on the coast. Like that Brownsville is half of a city. The oh. other half is Matamoros in Mexico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's your Spanish? <laughs> no bueno. <laughs> but but don't you want Isaac to like grow up bilingual? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, oh, because yeah, the Boca Chica, Sta- Chica State Park. Yep, yep. There's their uh, Texas launch facility. Where? Oh, that is a really weird looking island. If you, yeah, if you look at South Pod, uh, find the Los Palomas Wildlife Management Area. Los Palomas. Just Uh, go go east out. Yep. 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 Uh, Switching to satellite view. Okay. So if you go right up the coast where uh, Route 4 is, at the very top of the bend of Route 4 is where the SpaceX launch facility is there. Route 4. Four. Uh, yep, sure enough. SpaceX launch facility. Yep. Yeah, that was the place where they did the, the test and they accidentally lit most of that wildlife refuge on fire. Oh, no. Oh. Because that was, I think that was where one of the, was that the Starship that exploded or was that the Crew Dragon that exploded? Uh, the most recently or a while ago? This was a while ago. This was, I don't I think that was the Crew Dragon because the the Starship like just exploded. Mm. I mean, you know, it it could be an interesting life experience, Andy. What if they were willing to pay you a lot of money to live there? I don't know because uh, especially now that after, you know, the latest SpaceX news came out is when Elon Musk had a all hands meeting at, at the south in the te- at, the, at the south texas site at 1 a.m. <laughs> wanting to know, you know, you're up at that time anyway. At 1 a.m.? No, not anymore. Oh, well. Okay. Last night was in bed at 11:45, night before that I think 11:30. Mhm. <laughs> He wanted to know why the Starship factory wasn't humming at 24-7. I'm just like, mm-mm, nope. Yep. But did you did you see the result of that? Where they literally doubled their workforce basically in a day? 
Yeah. He's like, why are we not doing this 24 hours a day? And like, we don't have people for that. And he's like, then let's get the people for that. I feel like that's actually a pretty good, like, comp- I mean, it kind of sucks that he's like, okay, all hands meeting at one o'clock in the morning. 12 hours later at 1 p.m. that Sunday, they had a recruitment gathering. They were still hiring people at 11 p.m. that night, telling them, hey, show up tomorrow. Yep. I don't know, man. Could be kind of cool to, to live and work for that. He's got he's got the Silicon Valley mentality, though, of, you know, work hard past your burnout, you know, go, 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 go. And then hopefully you'll make money and be able to retire in five years. I don't think he's looking for his folks to retire in five years. Not. Yeah, probably not. But it's still he's still got that mentality of, you know, balls to the wall. As you know, as much as you can, you know, this is why Google has laundry service and oil changing at their <laughs> facility. Well, no, that's that's just so that you don't have to go home. Yeah, they don't want you to go home. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's it, it I, I'd like being able to go home after eight hours. Well, then I, I guess don't work for Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. All right. It's too bad. Almost knew someone in SpaceX. I mean, um, <laughs> but if you work on the Starlink or on, on a Starship, then I could get to go and watch one of the launches. <laughs> well, yeah, especially since my job would be <clears throat> launch communications engineering. So it would just be handling the launch communication systems. Yep. Both, you, you know, know, it could be fun just to apply for the sake of applying. Uh, what's what's the worst case in that scenario? I know I'm just not gonna <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know. What what is the worst? I don't want to waste my is... time and their okay. time. Yeah, there you go. Okay, that's fine. That's that's understandable. Yeah, Kate says she's not moving, so <laughs> Okay. Especially to the southernmost point of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you tell her where it is? Yeah. Where was that one city I almost applied to? Where was that? It was along the border somewhere. It wasn't Laredo. There was a high school that wanted to hire me. And it was I'm like, uh, tell me about your place. Like, well, the school is on the border of the Rio Grande. Like, literally, the back of the school goes up towards the river. I'm like, okay. Like, you don't need to know Spanish to work there, but you'll learn it within the year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe not. Oh, part of the, I'm looking through the responsibilities on this. Part of the responsibilities is provide remote hands support for SpaceX system administrators as needed to include racking of servers, <laughs> network devices, and rack-mountable power systems. Yeah. So I'll be doing my job, and then somebody from California will call me up and tell me I have to rack a unit. Mm. So no, like, in short. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be doing my job and be somebody else's cable monkey. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So yeah, so there's a... Uh, SpaceX seems to be wanting to build a Starship a week. Starship a week? Starship a week. Like their big one. Yes. The formerly known as BFR. Yes. They want one of those a week off the assembly line. Yes. That seems dangerous. (laughs) After the Starship blew up, he says, you know, you treat the rocket like your baby and you do not send it to the test site unless you think your baby's going to be okay. They said they did raise the concern with one of the engineers, but that engineer didn't do anything. (laughs) Okay, I said, then you need to email me directly. Oh my goodness. Musk? Yeah. Still upset at the explosion? Mm Mm-hmm. Saying, like, if the engineer's not doing it, contact me. 
There's plenty of forgiveness if you pass me the buck. There's no forgiveness if you don't. Ouch. Man, I don't know if I would, you know, <laughs> I work for a family-run company, and, you know, I could, if I really wanted to, email the man whose name is on the side of the building, basically. Yeah. I don't know if I would feel comfortable in doing that. I I don't know that I wouldn't. Like, especially with him saying that. Yeah, if I'd he said like, it, then yes, I would. I would uh, you, you know, know what? what? I think he's, okay, if he's got... Uh, a thing if there's something going on yeah i will pass that up and i will i will let him know what i think how does he have time for that though i don't know i do not know but i do have to say also we have to give him props for actually landing the uh, 50th booster just recently so isn't that the one that exploded no it missed and it hit the water that was that was supposed to be 50 he just they just oh, launched okay. the uh, the crew dragon, not the crew dragon, they, the supply dragon. They actually landed the 50th. Yes. Okay. The module is on its way to the ISS. And this will actually be the last of the uh, these modules because they want to switch over to the crew dragon um, now that, you know, they want to put, you know, people on it. But man, that module's been to the ISS three times now. Whoa. <laughs> That's like NASA's dream. Reusable stuff. Mm-hmm. So, what else do you want to talk about? We can can stay with the space theme. We kind of gently segued into topics, didn't we? Yeah. Um, What happened to... Oh, yeah, let's let's keep with space and talk about the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. At home. SETI at home is shutting down. Yeah, well, they haven't... The at-home part is shutting down? Yes. The project stated that they will no longer send data to clients starting on March 31st, and they have reached a point of diminishing returns and have analyzed all the data they need to for now. They are going to focus on analyzing the back-end results in order to publish a scientific paper. Okay. You can still run SETI at home, but you may not receive any new work in until they decide if they want to start sending work to clients again. But like, why wouldn't they? They don't have. Wasn't any... the work analyzing like frequency data for anomalous behavior? Uh, yes. Um, but they why only would... they only recorded um you know a certain amount of times at Arecibo, so they don't. I don't think they have any more raw data We've... to send out. We've worked through all the raw data, but isn't there, like, continuous raw data coming in? No. Arecibo's very, um... Expensive. Yes. Uh, what's the... Is it the VLA? The very Oh, the very large array out in, uh, Arizona? Yeah. I think they actually had used VLA for a couple of bits. And the other was the deep space... I'm trying to remember the site for for watching the uh, communications with the deep space satellites. Oh, yeah, that's another fun thing. I didn't actually post that on there, but um, the deep space uh, link is going to be going down for like 11 months. Whoa, why? Because they're upgrading it because of the large number of Mars-based launches that are going to be happening. (laughs) We need more communication. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, the the deep space network is old and needs to be upgraded. Okay, fair. So, so yeah, no, um, think, I think Voyager just got, they, they lost communication with Voyager, 
they just got it back. And then basically, yeah, no, they're going to have to take the, the, I'm not sure if they're taking down all three for 11 months or if it's kind of like a, you know, take one down, fix it, take the other one down, fix it, take, it's going to take 11 months to upgrade the whole system. So they're actually going to. That sounds like it's happening one at a time. I can't imagine it would take 11 months to to do all three simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're going to lose connection to Voyager for 11 months. And probably never regain it. Yeah, Deep Space Network. Yeah, Deep Space. Where you can see exactly what is communicating with what at any given time. Ooh, Goldstone's talking to the Solar Parker probe right now. Uh, okay, so they're going to take down Canberra. Okay. Uh, Canberra facility one. is the only antenna that can send commands to the Voyager 2 spacecraft. The others aren't powerful enough? I guess not. <laughs> the space, energy, space Agency said that despite the impact, the upgrades are necessary, given that some parts of the 70-meter antenna yep. are 40 years old. It's a big antenna. Yeah, no, I, like I said... <laughs> Four of us could not lift this antenna that I built, and that was 3.7 meters. <laughs> this is 20 times as big. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know if that's diameter or radius? Uh, the 70 meter? Most of the antennas are all done in diameters. Okay. so I, I think it's diameter measures of the actual parabolic arc itself. Okay. It's, just, it's a very big antenna. Yeah, either way, it's that big. <laughs> It, that's big. Yep. So you you uh you had to you know get a, a like eight guys to move it. How many how many guys would need need to move this thing? Uh, one with a very big heavy <laughs> equipment crane. Actually, probably still several. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably yeah. You probably need it. if you're moving this thing. I would say you would want three cranes. Yep. <laughs> Tertiary backups. Yeah. Eleven months of repairs just for this one dish. So. Jeez. Well, okay then. That's that's uh sad to hear that SETI is is closing down their distributed computing section. But I suppose if they're done with all their data, there's nothing to do, and otherwise it's just a waste of resources. Well, that's what they in their announcement they're like, hey, join other projects, please. Yeah, I was gonna say like there's folding at home. Yeah, folding at home. Um, Einstein at home, you might be interested in because that's I'm, actually I'm, run by the University of Wisconsin. Interested in a lot of things. What's Einstein at home? Uh, it's using um, basically like SETI at home, but yeah, uh, for LIGO stuff. Ah, uh. um, LHC at home for CERN stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mathematics stuff out there. <clears throat> but yeah, no, everybody's saying, you know, do folding at home right now because supposedly they're working on some of the uh, coronavirus stuff, actually. Yep. So... Because evidently it's got some pretty weird stuff going on in it. Yep, and uh, a lot of things are getting canceled because of it. (laughs) Yes. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, so last time we did the podcast, people were dropping out of GDC. Um, Now GDC is completely canceled. Um, The 2020 Geneva Auto Show got canceled. That actually was technically supposed to be going on right now. Okay. Uh, South by Southwest Mm -hmm. has been canceled. Hymns has been canceled. That's not on your list, but no. it is a a uh, the first time in 58 years since it started that it's been canceled, which makes sense given that it's the like 
Healthcare Conference. Yeah, no, I'm... Uh, Health Information and Management Systems Society. Hims. Yeah. When is the NAB Conference? 2020 NAB is... April. Hmm. I wonder if... Uh, Mm, that is like that's the big trade show for the broadcasting industry mm-hmm. in mid to late April in um, Las Vegas. Mm. Oh. You know what wasn't canceled? What? The World Cheese Championship. <laughs> was that held in? Uh, Guess. Wisconsin. Guess where that was held. Was it held in Wisconsin? It was held in Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm trying to find the, uh, it looks like the uh, Swiss Gruyere was the cheese that won it all. The world's best cheese. Okay. Good day for Gruyere lovers. I'll take your word on that. Three Wisconsin cheeses were in the finals. A Gouda, a Gorgonzola, and a Cheddar. Sorry, I'm looking at some of these sessions that are at this thing here. One of them was uh, documenting lunar missions. What? <laughs> What? A distinguished NASA panel will discuss the historical significance of documenting the Apollo missions in the 1960s and 70s as a setup to consider the historical imperative of capturing the moments of upcoming Artemis missions in a manner that can be experienced by audiences around the world. That seems like a very specific panel. <laughs> but man, think of, think of all the automakers, you know, going to announce their cars at the Geneva Motor Show and then have it canceled <laughs> spending you know probably millions well, of dollars i mean all these conventions that are getting canceled like yeah. that's a lot of money being left on the table mm-hmm. it mm, wow um yeah also uh james bond got delayed because of the virus now is that because they're just worried like people won't be going to the movies yeah it's literally it yeah the release from the latest james bond movie has been pushed back from april to november <clears throat> whoa that's a long time to sit on a movie i guess they're just hoping that this will all blow over by november Mm-hmm. hundreds of millions of the the real reason though yeah. There is an ongoing cinema blackout in China. Oh, is that is that really why? Mhm. I'm guessing that's, that's why. There's an on there's an ongoing cinema blackout in China. And as we know, the movie industry really loves China right now. Yeah. So well, yeah. China spends a lot of money on movies. I mean, that's because of the virus, right? Like yes. they're they're oh man. I wonder how many other movies are going to follow suit. It's going to be a really slow Hollywood summer. After careful consideration and thorough evaluation of the global theatrical marketplace, the release of No Time to Die will be postponed until November 2020. Yeah. That's a ways away. Mm -hmm. Well, they want to move it towards um, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So instead of a summer release, it'll be a holiday release. Mm hmm. Okay. I'm I'm very surprised at that, that they're doing that, that they're taking that step. I don't know if I'm, like, disappointed. I don't think disappointed is the right word. That they're deciding to old, because if they release Bond and it's a, f- a flop, you know, there's a there's a lot of money in Bond movies. I was going to say, like, in, in stocks, too, but get it? Because it's stocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, Dad. Ha, 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 ha. Dad jokes for the win. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, da, da, da. What else M- is this virus doing? Like, 
is so I guess again is this just a fear of of the unknown like is it that much worse than the flu which is there every year yeah uh, yes the flu's mortality rate is what 0.1% it's like 1.8 versus 3 yeah well the, the other fact is the fact that the coronavirus uh, is spreadable even though you're asymptomatic so you can't even tell that you have it and you're still <laughs> spreading it around yeah so what you got to do in the, you know the pandemic video games is you don't you don't you don't make the nasty stuff right away. You make right. it, you know. You delay it. Yeah. You got to spread first and then you make everyone sick. Uh okay, so sources tell the Hollywood Reporter that MGM will likely take a 30 million to 50 million hit by moving the film's release back 7 months. But, you know. Where is that hit coming from? Well, I'm kind of th- think I'm I'm thinking about this and I'm curious like why does it cost them millions of dollars to not put the movie out? Because they've already spent money on marketing. And they'll probably have to basically, you know, they had the marketing re-market. machine going. They have to remarket it. Okay. Okay. Da, da, da. The, um, okay, so the production budget for the latest installment is on par with $245 million from the last film. Yeah, the the sources say the studio's decision to move was largely based on the economic reality that large swaths of the theaters across the world have been shuttered in recent leaks stretching from Japan to Italy that could have resulted in a minimum 30% shaved off the final box office tallies, which would be the last movie made a billion dollars globally. That's 300 million right there. Yeah. So, they're going to you're going to lose 30 million, but you're basically going to, yeah, save, you know, 300 million. Oh, uh, yeah. In China alone, some 70,000 theaters have been closed since January. So, Spectre made 84 million in China last time. So, I don't think I watched it. The last thinking back, I don't think I've seen the latest James Bond movies. Can you Uh-oh. Can you watch them online anywhere? Anywhere? Yeah. Legally? That's a different question. Okay, you got it. The 10 base James Fond films available on Netflix. Tomorrow Never Dies. Are they all on Netflix or no? <clears throat> okay, so all of them except the three most recent films and Never Say Never Again, which <laughs> that was... That was mm, um, yeah, they're, the rest of the 21 films are on Netflix right now. Except for the three most recent ones. So you're, you're SOL on that one. That's a lot of movie. God, I still remember. Was that TNT or TNN or remember when one they of would the... do the like twenty four hour Bond marathons? Yeah, just play all of them. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's going on with the coronavirus is um, so in Europe, um, the planes are still flying even though there's nobody on them. Yes, I saw this. That the planes not only are flying like they're empty. Yes, they are wasting all this fuel and and like stuff because if they don't fly x number of planes per like day week month uh they lose their slots at the airport yes which you know at heathrow is a big deal yeah so yeah that means they're flying empty planes yes just to keep their spot in line basically which is sad, stupid, and gross. Mm-hmm. And let's do something about that. Like, just even short term, right? Yeah, they like have... just for now? Yeah, the UK Transportation Secretary has written to the Airport Coordination Limited Group asking for the rules of this to basically be suspended right now. It just doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah. Like, normally, I get it, I understand it, but this is kind of a special case. Yeah. It's like somebody wrote the rules and didn't think about, well, what happens if nobody's flying? That would never happen. Yeah. Why wouldn't people want to get on a closed... Tube. Filled with... Tube of aluminum. (laughs) Filled with... Where you're all breathing the same air. Yep. With hundred people who, you know... Could all be sick. Mm-hmm. At the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? So many things are being delayed. Uh, some other things are coming out. They are not delayed. For instance, Black Mesa. Oh, is that... I, I thought I already had that on my computer. You have a demo for it, sir. No, I thought I downloaded the, uh, the open source version. Not the 1.0 release. Oh, they finally got Zen in there. Okay. Yep. The whole game. It is done and available on Steam. <laughs> now, that's what really, like, shocked me about this. It's available on Steam. Why is it available on Steam, Andy? Because Valve wants to make some money? I, I guess, but, like... That's totally Valve's intellectual property. Right? The game was given approval by Valve for a commercial release. That's so weird. I know. But it looks great. I should probably play it. It took 15 years for them to make it. Yeah, no, I've the first standalone version of Black Mesa was released as a free download on September 14, 2012. I picked it up back... Eight years ago. Yeah. Remake, contained remakes of all the chapters except the final chapter set on Zen. Well, now they've finished Zen. Okay. But it'll cost you 20 bucks to try it. God, I hated that Zen level. I never got to Zen. What? On the what? original Half-Life. What? Yeah. I never, never finished the original Half-Life. Oh my goodness. Don't give me What? When's the last time you played when you finished um, Legend of Zelda, Andy? Yes, but you played... How's how's Undertale coming, Andy? You played Half-Life when it came out, right? No. No? No, I didn't get into Half-Life until 2. Oh. I remember getting Half-Life when it came... I can't remember getting half Everybody was talking about Half-Life when it came out. I had to, like, go get that thing. I didn't like first-person shooters. Oh. Why why would I have played Half-Life? I don't know. I was playing Starcraft. Doom... (laughs) Mm, kinda I played Starcraft man I was playing RTS games and um space sim games I was playing like X-Wing and TIE Fighter and Wing Commander that reminds me I gotta go look up automation currently available by Steam Yes. Design and manufacture cars for your automotive empire. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So, Black Mesa is out. And if I want to play the Zen levels, I got to pay 20 bucks. Or I could just yep. be, you know, okay with what I've got for free eight years ago. I imagine the rest of it's been updated, too. I'm, I'm sure it's not exactly the same as the stuff that you did eight years ago. I, I don't know. Has has there been a Source Engine update over the last eight years? I mean, Source 2 is kind of out. Kind of. 
Zen will be added to Black Mesa in summer of 2017. Yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Not quite. Well, it seems... Um, oh, Half-Life Alex is going to use the uh, Source 2 engine. Cool. So, outside of that... Um, I mean, Dota uses the Source 2 engine, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's see if there's any... Yeah, latest release is October 8th, 2019. So there have been incremental updates of Source, but, you know, I don't know if there's been a really big update on Source since 2012. I don't think so. Not a big one. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think of what else we got. You've got a topic on here about multi-factor authentication and hacking. Yes, uh, Microsoft did a presentation at the RSA Security Conference last week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a conference that actually happened this time. Um, <laughs> who says hey that uh, Microsoft engineers said that 99.9% of the compromised accounts they track every month don't use multi-factor authentication. It tracks more than I mean, 30 billion sense. login events per day and more than 1 billion monthly active users. And that around 0.5% of all accounts get compromised each month. But yeah, 99.9% of the compromised accounts do not use multi-factor authentication. So you are safer if you use MFA. Yes. Is the the two-factor authentication, does that count as multi-factor? Yes. So the like Google authentication thing, that counts? Yes. Okay. They said, you know, easiest thing that you can do to protect your account Turn on multi-factor authentication. Only 11% of all enterprise accounts use MFA solutions, which technically we can suggest people at our company use multi-factor authentication, but we can't force them. And I'm not sure what the ruling is on that, but that's what my boss told me. So you're like, but I will make them safer. Yeah. Let me make them safer. And my work has gone like nuts with with the security on a mobile device and rightly so like there's some pretty important information that could be on someone's phone but mm-hmm. uh we're using the the azure authentication what would really be nice though is yeah is we have to update our vpn access because the um if we send uh, uh somebody's password to the vpn is that sent under clear text or is that encrypted I... as part of the vpn process have no clue. I'll have to look that one up. Because that's the one thing I'm always worried about is, you know, logging into my VPN. <laughs> you know, if I don't have two-factor authentication on our VPN access, then, you know. Yep. I'll have to do some research on that one. But yeah, no, Microsoft yeah, says 99.9% of compromised accounts do not use MFA. So, use it. <laughs> um, Trying to think if there's anything else that's really... What's up, what's up with the Raspberry Pi? Oh, just there's another version that's come out. It's still the Raspberry Pi 4. Okay. So it's the 4's architecture. Okay. But it now has 2 gigabytes of RAM. Holy crap. For 35 bucks. I don't know what you need 2 gigabytes of RAM for on a Raspberry Pi desktop replacement i guess i wonder if you know if i can convince our office to drop office and just handle our google Go drive like libre office well no because we we or, play because oh, we you're, have, you're a google apps store yeah we're a google we're a google shop we're a google shop 
So if yeah. I can convince our sales force to drop Office and use Google Docs for, you know, everything. Yep. Instead of, you know, paying how many, you know, hundreds of dollars for Dell desktops for everybody, plus the hundreds of dollars for every Microsoft license we've got to get for everybody. Yep. Get them a monitor and a Raspberry Pi and be like, okay, if this thing breaks, <laughs> just I've got one on the shelf. Let me grab that. You know, I could have I could have a box of them just sitting around. Just waiting. Oh, man, yeah. It's dual band wireless networking, too. Jeez, oh, Pete. This little card's got a ton. So, yep. Wow, man. What if I can... Conv- oh, I, I think I actually... I think work actually owes me a Raspberry Pi, too. Why? Um, cause I took one of mine, uh, the, the, um, one of our stations wanted to promote their website, mm-hmm. you know, being able to sell ads on their website and yada, yada, yada. So they wanted to, um, have their website showing up to, you know, people when they walk into the studio. So I, they, they got themselves a, a cheap TV at Walmart and I, I took one of my raspberry Pis and we basically set it up there. So the box would just automatically load up the, um, the web, the radio station's homepage, and just you know refresh it every five minutes, just so they can you know keep on there, so they can show people, hey, you know, when you go to our website, this is what you see, and they can you know show them everything about the website in a nice big screen. So I'm like, why, why do I, why would I waste you know a whole Dell desktop just to load a web page if I can just get you know a Raspberry Pi to do it? Yep. <clears throat> So I think, yeah, I think I've got a Raspberry Pi that, you know, I think work owes me one. So I do believe I could probably get my boss to get me one of these new models. Which would be nice. I'll make sure you get the two gigabytes model. Yep, 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 man. Two gigabytes of RAM. Yep. It's quite a bit. Yep. So, anything else you want to talk about outside of AT&T trying to cut off more staff and try and cut 10 billions 10 billion dollars well uh at&t also lost their uh forced arbitration case oh lovely so that's kind of nice yep they're projecting a capital investment cut of three billion this year it also reduced its employee count from uh down looks like twenty thousand people in 2019 despite promising to use tax cuts to create new jobs they're also saying that they're no longer going to promote direct tv as the tv source from them so they're doing some shady shit yeah they want to promote their uh the at&t tv which is their little online box Basically, they're they're finally upgraded UVerse, which is actually the reason why they bought Directv because they had the UVerse, but it was just crushing their infrastructure because their infrastructure was not upgraded at any point. So they got Directv to promote a, a TV thing there, and now now that you know the internet's finally slowly catching up, Directv is kind of just not good. Yep. So yeah, lovely AT and T. All right. Random review. I want to review Double Twist. So, um... Okay. A dance move or a... No, Double Twist is a music player. A drink Oh, music player. Music player and sinker for 
iTunes and your Android okay. device. Um, because I found my iPod and then I lost my iPod again. Uh oh. So I've been trying, you know, to keep up on my, you know, my podcasts and everything. Yes. Um, so I've been trying to figure out how to work with my phone. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just listening to the background. Yeah. No, it's nap time. Yeah. So, um, so I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I, you know, get my iTunes playlist onto my phone and then, you know, sync it between that and, uh iTunes. Yes. So I tried out Double Tree or Double Twist, which included okay. me having to buy um, the uh, Double Twist Pro because I could not do AirSync in the regular app. So I would have to, you know, plug my phone in. Mm-hmm. And then um, if I also didn't get Double Twist Pro, uh, anything I played in the app would have their own ads inserted into it, which I'm like, nope. So I did that, and I bought, you know, the Pro, and then I brought the AirSync and everything. So it was, it was a good, like, 10, 12 bucks that I spent of Google funding money on this thing. And um, I got, you know, my iTunes playlist to sync to the phone. I listened to my podcasts, and then I tried to go back and tell iTunes, hey, you know, update my play counts so you could, can automatically delete my listen to podcasts. That didn't work, even though they talked about in their product thing there. In the classic player is, you know, um, where's it at? Uh, you know, it, it even syncs backs changed in new playlists and play counts. And I'm like, okay, so that's everything I need. <laughs> and um, it doesn't. And I even emailed them about that. And I'm like, hey, I'm trying, you know, to update play counts on my podcast. And their answer was... Unfortunately, the syncing is only for iTunes music and playlists and not for podcasts. Yep. But this feature has been suggested by other users for reevaluating in the future. And I'm like, well, the only reason I bought this stuff is for podcast. Refund. Refund, yeah. Refunded. So um, I broke out something that we reviewed many, many moons ago, iSyncer. Which I still use to this day. Yeah, I, I, I got it out there. I got the um, Rocket Player, which I'll t- I can talk about that later. Yep. And I got my podcasts synced to my phone. I listened to them on my way up to the conference earlier this week. And I synced it back up again when I got home, and boom, all my podcasts that I had listened to Got automatically, yeah, have been marked as listened to and were automatically deleted by iTunes. And iSyncer, I don't remember, does it even cost anything? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, if it does, I bought it so long ago and just kept using it, so, you know, whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. And this okay. double twist was, yeah, don't even, don't even bother, there's better stuff out there. <laughs> Especially if you have to pay 10 bucks for an ad-free music player. Yeah, no. 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 I don't want you Not to good. add ads to my music. Otherwise, you know, forcing me 10 bucks for this. So yeah, double double twist, no, no. Don't go iSyncer. It's been working fine. Yeah. So. I, I don't get how double twist is, like, still a thing. Because I tried using it a long time ago, and... It didn't go well. I was not pleased with it. Well, I, yeah, it's, you know, I looked up, you know, Android and iTunes, and then that was the thing that popped up. So I'm like, sure, let me try it out. 
and it did not work. So yep. yeah, I looked back, I'm like, oh yeah, I still have iSyncer, don't I? And so I installed it on my desktop, but you know, I, it opened up iTunes, did its thing and said, okay, you know, how would you like to connect your phone? And I downloaded the app on my phone and boom, we're off to the races. Bob's your uncle. Yep. So that is, uh, that's my review. <laughs> Double twist. That's a hard pass. So, so. Yeah. Give it a pass. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So random topic rolled ahead of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. How can I use a Tootsie roll to destroy someone's car? Gas tank. Uh, no, if you put it in the gas tank, it's, you'd have to be one heck of a Tootsie roll. You th- do you think the sugar would interact with the gas, wouldn't it? Or is that like a myth? Uh, I feel like the Mythbusters did something about that at one point. As it turns out, sugar doesn't dissolve in gasoline. Pouring sand into the gas tank would have about the same effect as pouring sugar. The sand or sugar might clog in the filter, and that could disable the car, but it's not a sure thing. So you could, you know. Okay. Um, um, in that case, Tootsie Roll, uh, probably somehow in, like, the oil? Because the oil gets hot, right? Yes. So if I were to put a Tootsie Roll, but there's a filter, it would it should filter that out. It would also just, you know, sink to the bottom of the oil. Well, no, because when you pour oil in, you're pouring it, pouring it in the top. Mm-hmm. You, you would want it to sink down. Yeah. You put it in at the, the top the of the The actual question I have is, would a Tootsie Roll float in oil? Uh, especially with how viscous the oil is, probably. Viscosity is not the important thing no. for floating, though. It's how dense it is. Um, density of Tootsie Roll is 1.34 grams per cubic centimeter of motor oil. Well, that's not. Come on. Can we get these in the same units? (laughs) In grams per cm cubed. Okay, a Tootsie Roll would indeed sink. It is denser than motor oil. So how much I would the I can't to- believe I have this information at my fingertips. <laughs> the question is, if you were dealing with that, with that, mm. I think actually the best place to use a Tootsie Roll to disable it, I guess it depends how fast you need to, to disable the car. Uh, but if you put it in the radiator, I'm just trying to think of it. You, you, you'd have to put it in a place where it's going to get hot. Right? Yeah. So if you put it in the radiator, that should get hot enough to melt. And if you have this gooey, sugary thing in the radiator, that could plug up the the radiator line, which would cause the engine to overheat. It'd have to be a big Tootsie Roll. How big is the line in the radiator? Uh, Most radiator hoses are about an inch in diameter. Oh, God, never mind. No, that's not going to do jack shit. No, you would, you would, the only thing you would hopefully hope for is getting it to actually clog some of the radiator, like the the, the radiator itself. The radiator. Yeah, inside the radiator itself. But then you'd have to get a bunch yeah. of them. Um, would, to, you'd need a lot of Tootsie Roll. Yeah. With a Tootsie Roll, like a single Tootsie Roll. The best way to disable a car is to poison it and leave it on the console. <laughs> or you um, you jam it in the ignition. I don't know if that would actually disable the car. 
if you just jam a Tootsie Roll into the the well, first off, have you? I mean, have you tried jamming a Tootsie Roll into anything? It's not really malleable. That's that's my guess. Is you would have to try and jam it. There's there's two things I can think of. One, you disable the ignition. If the car can't start, it's disabled. If you got if you got an old car with um, a d- distributor instead of fuel injection, you just jam the uh, the Tootsie Roll into the the dis- distribution cap, and then therefore the contact can't spin because there's a freaking Tootsie Roll in there. Right. And then Could, the car car can't. I mean, run. if if I have access to the entire car, putting it like in one of the cylinders. That was my plan B was to actually just yeah put it in the cylinder itself. In which case, you don't really need a Tootsie Roll. You could use anything. <laughs> yeah, you could use anything. Put it in that. Put it in the cylinder itself, and it won't disable it right away. But you got problems. <laughs> yeah, I guess the the follow up questions I have are: How quickly does the car need to be disabled, and how much access do I have to said car? And if it needs to be disabled now, but I have like unlimited access, then I eat the Tootsie Roll and I just start cutting a couple wires. Cutting the, you know, the fuel injector lines, cutting the, the um, right spark. That would be the other thing is, yeah, you just, uh, you take, you pull off this, the spark plug wire, jam the Tootsie Roll in there so it's not making an electrical connection, and then you just put it back on there and then you've disabled the spark for one of the cylinders and that will, your car will still sort of <laughs> run, but what, not great. So what, what if you put the Tootsie Roll and like pulled it out a little bit so it was it was thin because it's taffy right that's the whole point of it and put it not between the spark plug wire and the plug but in the air gap of the spark plug oh you oh if you just pulled the spark plug out of the engine block and jammed it in there and put a little bit of the tootsie roll between the the like actual part that sparks so that there's there's a it's not an air gap between it so that if it sparks it just goes through the tootsie roll that won't really do much though because you got a lot of voltage arcing between those two contact points yeah plus those contact points are like maybe a millimeter apart depending that's well, why depending you need to pull out the tootsie roll right you, you get at that point you just jammed something else in there instead i i still think yeah you the jamming it in the ignition if you still have a keyed ignition Probably yep. be the easiest way to gum up the works. <laughs> gum up, quite literally. <laughs> well, no, because it's not gum, but yeah, it's, it's close enough. So yeah, if yeah. If, if you don't, if you have access to the engine block, jamming it in the uh, the spark plug wire. The ignition would be good. Yeah, it's got to be something in the ignition because the rest of the actual automotive system is very robust. Yeah, that a tootsie roll would not make sense. So it's got to be something electrical. And it's got to be in there just to, yeah, gum up the works. Yeah. So, yep, that's uh, that's what I'm going to go with. That sounds pretty good. Tootsie Rolls and electricity do not mix. The only other thing I could think of is putting it inside the brake pad with the hopes that it catches fire. Mm, No. No? Where the brake pad actually hits the wheel so that it, like, smears across the wheel and then catches fire. Putting it in the ignition is the best way. Yeah, ignition. Okay. That's that's all I got. So. This this feels like a really good like get if you were to get a team of like four engineers from Ford, from GM, from Tesla, and like have them in a competition. Like okay, here's a car, here's a Tootsie Roll. Make sure the car can't start. Yep, that's 
That would be a fun thing to watch. It'd be like a, like pwn to own, but with a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> yep. Okay. I think that's probably it. Yep. That's a, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.